0: It is time for some parental advice here on Morning Focus. It's Parenthood and Focus. And joining us is Petrina O'Halloran. Petrina, of course, is the founder of Mama's Booby Box, the mum blogger and writer uh, for boobingit.com, the online magazine. And uh, a very good morning to you, Petrina. Thanks very much for coming in.
1: Morning. Thanks Alan for having me.
0: You want to talk this week uh, with our listeners about babies crying. Mm-hmm. Now um, b- b- you want to talk about a particular aspect of which is tuning into your babies crying. So yeah. uh, can you maybe just uh, explain to listeners what, what you mean by that?
1: Um, I guess babies cry for different reasons and we have to remember as well the only way small babies especially can communicate with us is through crying. So I remember even when I have my own kids and um, Isabel used to cry quite a lot when she was very small and my husband would always be like, cry cry. Like, you know, don't be panicking. It's yeah. fine. You know, so there's, I guess, a, a lot of cries out there that are totally normal and perfectly acceptable. And then it's to know when the cries are getting worse or when it's developing into something else. How we, that's what I mean by how you, do you decipher between those cries where it's just a cry for hunger? Is it just a cry because they have a dirty nappy? Or are they getting really sick? You know, the, okay. there will be, I, I guess, a different level to that. Or is your baby going through a colic stage? Which that can be very, very hard to go through, Alan, because that is mm. just, like continuous crying like most nights of the week for two to three hours at a time. Like that's what's defined as colic. And 20% of parents will go through that at some stage. I had it with my first girl, <laughs> and I can tell you. Really, really difficult to go through. Um, <laughs> it's difficult to listen to those cries because those cries, you can't really do anything about with mm. colic. Um, you know, you bring your baby to the doctor, They'll be like, it's just colic. You know, they'll just write it off and be like, it's just colic. It's grand. It's phase. They'll get through it. But at the same but time, the baby. You, you have to listen to that yeah. every night. And that can be really, really hard to listen to. Um, and you feel then you're doing something wrong, which then gets into a stress situation. And then you might start arguing with your partner. And then, you know, it's not helping the colic. You're using situation. the word might
0: there, Patrina. <laughs> I, suspect, I suspect this is a scenario that unfolded in the O'Halloran household. But you talk about, like, a tune into your baby's corn. It's really, really interesting because. It, there there are so many parents who you know who when the child you know particularly if you're a first time yeah. parent you might say to yourself well look babies will cry for different reasons but when they actually start crying you know it 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 sounds bad you yeah. think it's oh this must be something yeah. terrible or yeah. you know or well, not yeah. terrible but it's something bad and um, but actually that is the only way they can communicate if they want to be fed or something yeah. more run of the mill and yeah. um, so how do you gauge what, you know, if we're we're talking about, like, nuclear, like, DEFCON 5, you know, end of the world Armageddon, like, that's a child in serious pain or whatever. Like, how do you gauge what, the Child is looking for going yeah. through from their crying,
1: yeah. Um, pain cries will be a lot harsher, and mm. if they're in any kind of discomfort, it will sound a lot more whiny as well, and potentially a lot more high pitched. And they'll be doing other things if they're in pain as well. So, if they have like extreme gas or anything like that, they'll start to bring their like knees to their chest, or you know, they'll be thrashing yeah. about if they're in their cot, they'll be thrashing about a lot, and it'll be just they can't get comfortable. So, like if they're due to have a nap or sleep or anything, and they just won't settle, it'll just be very, very uncomfortable for them. Now, things you can check on their body as well if they uh, they have like a lot of gas or you think they have a lot of wind or something might be wrong. Their stomach could be quite hard. So like a gentle, like a baby massage class is a great thing to go to once your baby is a few weeks old and you just learn those tools to like um, soothe your baby basically. So I did baby massage with both my girls which I found amazing. I still do it on the kids now when they have an upset tummy, you know, and it's a great thing to learn. So those are things, tools that you can kind of build up and learn how to manage your baby's pain. But that one can be quite, you know, hard to deal with as well because you're then trying to figure out, is it wind, you know, are they are they potentially constipated, what to do so like that that kind of crying is hard to deal with. The other kind of cries that I guess are a little bit easier to deal with are things like hunger cries so that can be sound a bit desperate and high pitched as well but spotting hunger cues before they start crying is, is kind of something you'll develop as the baby gets a bit older. So things like they'll be bringing their fists to their mouth if they're in their cot, they'll be kind of rooting around a bit like looking for food um, they'll have clenched fists as well so that there can be signs that, you know that your baby's getting hungry and if it has been like two to three hours since your baby last fed then you know chances are that's what it is you know so that's kind of I guess an easier one to spot then like tiredness cries um, can be a little bit I guess more upset and a little bit on and off so they might cry for a minute or two they might try and stop and then settle themselves and then they might start going again so spotting tiredness they'll develop kind of like redness around their eyes sometimes or you might notice their eyebrows getting very red now different babies will kind of have different signs I noticed that for my two girls you know they were totally different in terms of their their tiredness um, but their eyes might be closed but they might still be restless and not be able to go off, off to sleep so if you have them in their cot but they're still not very comfortable it might be just they need a little soothing to get them into that sleep so they might need a little cuddle from mom or if they have a soother and it's fallen out they might need a soother again or you know yeah. maybe they're cold and they might need a little blanket so those kind of i guess the hunger and the tired ones are a little bit easier to um, easier to fix definitely and then easier to spot what's going on as your baby gets older you'll kind of know from that what's going on but the higher pitch cries in are kind of ones where babies in discomfort are in pain so you know there's only a few things that can be wrong with a baby you know if they are in discomfort and pain it's like check their nappies check their temperature if you're worried about them getting sick things to look out for like in their face even like are they being drowsy all the time you know not really reacting to your interactions with them things like that is their temperature really high and like Calpolis and bringing down that temperature you know that's then a stage to get onto the GP where things are happening and always I would say as well listen to your mother instinct because a mother always knows <laughs> when her child is sick and you know they just have that inner, yeah. inner bond with their child that they know when their child is sick so like don't be afraid to go to the doctor or if you have like health insurance you can ring a GP over the phone uh, and get a consultation that way as well you know we all have the free the free cards for um, uh, under eight-year-olds. I think it is now for GPs. So don't be afraid to use that either. And I think sometimes your first-time mother, you can be like, oh, I don't want to be knowing the doctor. Again. You're rocking the boat I, I was only in yeah. two weeks ago, you know, and you can and but don't be afraid of it. Like, there's no harm ever getting something checked out, especially when it's a baby's temperature and the babies are quite young. There's no harm ever getting that checked out because if Calpol isn't it, that you know there is something wrong. So
0: and if it turns out to be something fairly serious, yeah. you know, you don't want to think. Back and go, oh god, I, I i didn't ring in time or bring my baby to the doctor because I didn't want to be necessarily troubling them. Yeah. That will feel like a monumentally foolish decision. Yeah. You know? And
1: then you see, on the other hand, then when you do get to the GP, some GPs, now I'm not going to tear everyone with the same bush, but they can be like, oh, first time mother. Do you know? So, like, and that probably doesn't
0: help either. Yeah, yet. that <laughs> doesn't
1: help either. You know, there can be two sides of it. When you go in then and there is nothing wrong, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, sure, it's just colic. Like, get over it kind of thing. But that's awful hard on the mother who's listening to that crying constantly all the yeah. time and is thinking, God, there has to be something wrong. She's crying every evening. Everything I do, nothing works, you know. And unfortunately colic is a phase that they eventually get over. But I just want to share on kind of five things that can help with colic if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so the, they're called the five F's and something I looked up when Isabel had colic. So basically swad, try to swaddle a baby, get them nice and comfortable into a blanket and uh, rock them from side to side. Another one is shushing in their ear continuously because that mimics the sound of the womb and that can settle them down Uh, another one is just swinging your baby so just rocking literally in your arms from side to side if they take a soother or if they're breastfeeding that can help as well because that suckling motion is just um, reassurance and comfort for the baby and then there's a little hold you can do with the baby it's where the baby is kind of side lying on their stomach which they like more if their tummy is a little upset and it's called tiger in the tree it's pity now we're on radio because I can't can't do any kind of demo but if you Google tiger in the tree hold, um, you'll see it's basically putting, putting your baby across your arm and their side line, basically, their stomach on your arm. Okay. And you can sway them a little bit and rub their back while they're on there. And they seem to get comfort from that. So like different positions of holding your baby, they will get comfort from as well. Um, so those are just a few things you could try if your baby is going through colic.
0: Okay, some very, very good advice there. And just before uh, we finish, Patrion, in terms of when a baby starts crying, Mm. uh, particularly I'm thinking of for a first time parent where you may not be as au fait with all the different stages or reasons why a baby might be crying, you know, how long should you leave a baby cry to try and ascertain is that them, is that I want to be fed cry, is that I've got to. I've got wind, cry, or Mm. is that I've got colic, cry?
1: I'm always of the opinion, Ellen, you can't spoil a baby. So if a baby is crying, something's wrong. Hop to it straight away. Yeah, I would. Like, that's just just the way I mother like because um, there is something wrong if they're crying. And if they're only a couple of weeks old, like, leaving a baby (laughs) to cry, do you know, like, what's the point of it? Do you know what I mean? And sometimes then, if you do, I've noticed, definitely with my own kids, if you do leave them to cry, you think, oh, they'll, they'll settle themselves out of it it just gets worse and worse and then it's nearly harder to get them settled because then they're in a state of real distress and that even if it is they're, like they're, they're hungry yeah.
0: uh, trying to feed them they're still trying upset trying to feed them yeah. and
1: definitely like with a breastfed baby if you're trying to feed a very upset breastfed baby it can be very very hard because they just don't want to latch on you will spend a long time just hugging and comforting them just to kind of calm them down a little bit before you can get them back onto the breast so that can be very hard as well so that's just something to remember sometimes okay. here. <laughs> You need to plan ahead for the next hour ahead to think, you know, what you're setting yourself up for. And you'll get into it, Alan, like with a newborn. I know it's hard in those first few weeks, but like if the cries are kind of, you know, really loud and just stressful straight away, you'll kind of know something's wrong. Whereas if it's like, (laughs) you know, that kind of mumbling, gurgling, you'll know that. Oh, they're just trying to settle themselves a little bit. And like it's a learning process, (laughs) you know, you're not going to get it right every time, but it won't be any harm if you pick up the baby, you know, if they're just mumbling along and it turns out to be nothing they'll just end up falling asleep in your arms and go back to sleep again you know so I, I wouldn't worry about that too much you can't spoil a newborn Alan de- uh, despite what people might say
0: I think that's a great bit of advice on which to end if your baby starts crying don't dilly dally hop to it <laughs> and uh, sort it out or you could end up being sorry Katrina, uh, thank you very much as ever